This is Daily Path Podcast. I'm your host, podcast coach, and transformational speaker, Joe Winters Jr. Now I've been in this business a long time. God gave me the gift of a strong mind. And when I step foot on a path, the good and the bad, they just come by. Never done trying. I do it, I do it. Till each time I do it, it's done right. Ooh. And God left his signature on me. So how could I ever be unsigned? See, everyone has got a gift. Not anonymous, but God given. What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Winters Jr., the founder of Daily Path Academy and your host of Daily Path Podcast. Welcome back to the show, and thank you for joining me this morning. Quick reminder, if you are a speaker, coach, or trainer who wants to build a top-rated podcast that changes lives around the globe and generates recurring revenue, then I'd love to show you how you could do that. You can visit a or you can visit my website, joewintersjr.com, to book a free discovery call with me. Um, again, that's my name, Joe, went to show you.com, book for discovery cross me today, and I'll show you how to build that top rated podcast. Now on today's podcast episode, I'm joined by a guest, Anthony Richera, who is a transition coach for executives. Um, and so we're going to be talking about leadership today, and what it means to make transition in one's career amongst other things. Um, Anthony, how are you doing today? I am great, Joe. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to a great show today. I'm glad to hear that you're doing great. Thank you for joining me on the podcast episode. It's my pleasure to have you on today. Um, I would love for us to start with your story. Um, tell us about your journey to um, become a transition coach. Uh, what, where did it start and, and how did you get here? All right. Thank you, Joe. Uh, so the longest place that I worked was uh, in uh, DHL. DHL is a lot like FedEx. Uh, it doesn't have a big footprint in the US like FedEx and UPS. It's a logistics and courier company. So I worked there for a long time. Uh, I worked there for 11 years and I didn't feel fulfilled. I, I didn't enjoy what I did for a long time. Uh, and I started wondering what else is out there. I was interested in people development because when I was younger, I worked in a church as a youth leader and I worked with uh, young people and I loved, uh, I loved counseling. I loved teaching young people. I loved to see them change and um, start living. I, I, at, that, at that young age, I actually thought that I was helping people find their purpose and find fulfillment. I was influenced a lot by the late Dr. Miles Monroe. I used to read his work and watch a lot of videos uh, by Miles Monroe then. So I loved helping people and I felt like I wasn't doing a lot of that at DHL. Mm. So I, I looked for uh, a way out and it I, I felt really stuck until I got an offer from a training company that was uh, a, a friend of mine knew my strength in the area of operations and I loved to train. I had been an amateur trainer. So she reached out to me and uh, headhunted me and I left uh, DHL and I joined a training company for two years while there. Uh, so, so I want to say at this point that that, that, that was a, a huge transition for me because I was already married. I had a mm. daughter at the time and I was making the decision to leave uh, a good paying job. Or, you know, uh, I was working in a very strong brand, uh, steady company, and I was leaving uh, behind me things that people would consider really good. Uh, I had a pension, I had a health insurance. Yeah, I had quite a lot of things going for me. Right, I right. took a one-year one contract with a training company 
because I felt led that way by my own convictions. And I, I believe in God. So I felt that he led me that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I took a bold step. So it was a huge transition for me and my family. But my wife, amongst all people, was uh, also convinced that I would be happier doing that. So that was the first major transition, according to me. Mm-hmm. Two years so down so the line. So your wife, So your wife was on board for your transition? Yes, and um, it, it seemed at the time she was pre- pretty much the only person who was on board. And uh, I remember my best, my, the, the best, my best couple, they, they were on board too, but most of my family were not sure that it was the right decision that I was making at the time. Let me ask you, so that, yeah. at, at that time when so many people around you didn't necessarily know, right? Like they mm-hmm. weren't sure how important was it that your wife of all people did believe while so many people didn't? Oh, it was of uh, critical importance. If she did not believe the transition would not have happened because I needed her to be on board with me because Mm. we were living behind a certain way of living to adopt a new one. And we were taking a risk. We felt it was calculated. We felt that, that we were convicted it was the right thing to do. So it was so important for me that she believed. If she did not, it would have made uh, it very difficult. I probably would not have made the decision. Mm. Mm, Yes. So yeah, so we jumped ship and uh, I took a a one year contract and uh, it was extended. But uh, I do remember that somebody asked me this question. What are you going to do if they do not renew your contract? And I told them this uh, without biting an eyelid. I told them, I will have learned enough to get out in the field and start my own business. Mm. And uh, I did get a renewal, but it didn't last long. So I didn't work for, for the, for, I got a renewal, but it didn't work for like, for, I, I was hoping I would work for two years. It didn't happen. So midway in my second year, the company went through some financial trouble because we had uh, two elections in my country. When, when that happens in this country, businesses face a lot of problems. Hmm. So we were not having a lot of business. Yes. Yes. So the- Do you mind sharing uh, how? Or do you mind giving us an example how? Okay. So during election in, in Kenya, the investor confidence really goes down. It, it just shoots, it, it drops. And uh, because in 2007, we had a very bad election in, in Kenya where it was disputed and there was a tribal conflict. Uh, so many people died and that brought the, the investor confidence during an election year to huge lows. So there's a cyclic uh, pattern during elections. It's a tense repeat that uh, during election year, we don't expect business businesses to do as well. We don't expect our stock market to do as well as it has been doing. And it has been a, a, a recurring pattern. Mm, okay. Yes. So we were affected because that particular, our last election actually, that year we had uh, an, uh, a dis- the election was disputed and uh, uh, it was taken to the high court and the high court ordered a repeat of the the supreme court sorry they ordered a repeat of the election so essentially we had two elections mm. so the period of election was so prolonged so businesses went through a huge 
wait and see. They were in a huge wait and see. Right. So the, the uh, new businesses like the one I was in struggled a lot. So mm. yeah, so I got laid off. Again, I, that was now my second major transition. Uh, by the time I was getting laid off, I was convicted that uh, it was time for me to start a business. Okay. So, I w- and I was sure that I didn't want to go back to being employed. Uh, again, I went back to my wife and told her, this is how I feel. I don't feel led to go look for work. Amazingly, she felt the same thing. So again, she was in the same boat with me. Once again, the, the very same thing that had happened two years before happens here, and uh, she's on board. And again, it meant so much to me. If that hadn't happened, I do not know if the second transition would have also happened successfully. Mm. Yeah, so I decided that I was going, I had already gotten my training certification when I was working for the training company, and uh, I had uh, networked. Uh, in the field because I was in the business. So I knew a few people here and there. And I decided to, to start trying to use my networks to start getting work as a, as a business, as a, as a young or a small business owner, because previously I was working with an entity. It wasn't easy and the first year was pretty difficult, but uh, I was committed, I was convicted. And I'll tell you, a lot of good friends would send me job leads. They would tell me, go speak to so-and-so. And I flat out refused. I knew where the journey was taking me. Right. I knew my conviction and I was committed to stay the course. So at the end of that year is when I finally found a breakthrough because my, my the business model I had adopted was a collaborative one because here in Kenya, most most, uh, most training happens this way. Companies do not have in-house trainers. They outsource that. that, that they don't have in-house trainers, any training company. So mm. they, they have uh, business development people, they have marketers um, and uh, a full office. They probably have a, an accountant and uh, the rest of the people, but uh, trainers because they don't have training all week long, all month long. So they onboard uh, resource people uh, and then they call you on a need basis. Mm. So I got my first company to hire me like that. So they would hire me on a need basis and they had a lot of work. So it took about a year. And uh, in that year, I did all sorts of things. So I, I tried online work. I tried writing, freelance writing as, as I'm looking for training. So I, it was a year of surviving and networking. Uh, then eventually the doors opened and I began doing my eye training. And then I got my coaching certification. And um, within the last three years or so, I have been able to train and coach individuals from uh, the, the bo- from board level all the way to the factory floor and have been able to uh, coach and train people in five continents. Uh, I didn't need to visit. When I worked in DHL, I was able to visit South Africa as an employee of DHL and do a bit of training then. But uh, I have been able to train now after now going fully as a business person, as a trainer and coach and consultant. I've been able to do that. Uh, I've trained and coached people in the US. I've trained and coached people in Europe, in Africa. 
and even a few in Australia. Thank you very much, Joe. Yes, so the doors eventually did open um, and, uh, because I had my conviction and uh, I stayed the course, I got committed and uh, I leveraged my network, a lot of collaboration both here and uh, in other countries and has brought me a lot of joy because I love seeing people change. I love helping people. And uh, actually, I say that I co-create solutions. So I like to work with people to co-create a solution. Right. Uh, yes. I like that. Yeah. I like that. It's great to hear that your your wife was on board each time that mm. you were going through a transition. That really speaks to something that I always say here on the podcast and no matter where I am, which is that you, the people you hang around the most, um, they really influence who you are and, and determine where we're going. And in this case, that's your wife, right? Like being there on your side every step of the way through every transition, it just really speaks to the, the importance of having people um, in our circle of influence that's very close to us, influencing us to go after our convictions and what we're being led by. So it, it's really great to hear that. I want to ask you, what's your personal mission statement that influences every decision you make as a coach and trainer okay so my personal mission statement is to um my personal mission first and foremost i want to start with a belief that i have i believe that everybody has uh, a whole lot of value and potential mm. in fact i look at them like an onion they have they have a lot of potential, but sometimes it is hidden in layers of uh, bad experiences. It is hidden in layers of uh, poor nurturing. Sometimes it is poor choices. It's just hidden in uh, layers of things. So I come, I, I come from a belief that everybody has so much to give and they're innately creative and really very valuable. Having said that, my mission is to now co-create skill sets or tool sets or mindsets or all three. So it depends on the individual. So it is very bespoke. My, my interactions with the person, my interactions are very bespoke. It is on a case by case. So you come to me. I believe that my mission is to co-create a solution through skill sets. Mm mindsets or tool sets that will propel the individual or the group to uh, take a path towards their purpose. Mm. You know, yes. that really, that, that really speaks to what I know of you, because I know you, you um, firmly believe that success is achieved through collaboration. And, um, yes. you know, with, with your passion, your belief, your desire to collaborate and co-create with others um, mm -hmm. to find solution and provide solutions uh, for other individuals. Um, I wanted mm -hmm. to ask you, when did you realize um, this undeniable truth that success is achieved through collaboration? Because it in fact is. So when, when in your life did you, did you learn that? Um, I think one of the one of the things that uh, contributed that is my younger brother who happens mm. to live in the US. Yes. Your younger, younger. brother. <laughs> yes. My younger brother. And I, and I have told his story a lot and uh, I hope he gets to listen to this and uh, to feel good because his story is very inspiring. 
So we had an accident at my home when uh, a fire accident when he was young and he and my dad got some burns. In fact, my father got third degree burns on his face and his, uh, his hands. Mm. Uh, my little brother got some burns and uh, they shared a hospital and uh, he listened to his father uh, moan and groan in pain when he was getting his hands dressed. And he got a conviction that he wanted to become a doctor, that this can be done better. In fact, the conviction came from him thinking that uh, taking care of sick people can be done better than this. And he was not a, a really smart kid. And uh, in my country, to become a doctor, you have to score an A in your exams, in your exams when, you, when you want to be admitted to uh, university. So... Then my little brother was not scoring A's. In fact, he was almost last twice. Mm. Twice in his um, in his grade five, he was number because in, in Kenya we grade people, we give them numbers. So he was number ninety out of ninety four twice. So mm. it really wasn't wasn't looking wasn't working towards him becoming a doctor. But he firmly he stuck to it stubbornly, uh, and um, he he managed to get a C plus in his high school and he still wanted to become a doctor and there was not, no way that was going to happen here. So he looked outwards and uh, he looked towards the US of A and uh, hmm. um, a series of things happened that I may not be able to get into uh, in today's podcast, but a series of events happened that he ended up actually getting um, to, the, to the United States and uh, he became, he eventually became a doctor through sheer hard work, determination, and a, a lot of connections that led him to find a good school, a lot of connections that led him to meet the dean of the school who excused him from having to take an English exam because after spending a day with a kid, right. he could tell this kid can communicate. So those networks showed me that uh, success, that it cannot come alone. And I love telling his story because he worked hard, but the, the, his excellence and his work ethic was not the only part of the of the equation. He needed some people to open some doors. He needed some people, right. even some. I think he even got some sponsorship from some place because he had to pay part mm. of part of the school fees. But he also did get some help along the way. So that came together. And we have a saying here in Africa that says that uh, it takes a village to raise a child. Right. So. Borrowing from that now seeing my brother and my brother at, at, at that time, he came to the US in the year 2000. Mm. So when that journey began is when I began to see it actually takes people to coming together to bring out success. You right. don't do it alone. Yes. Right. Right. Absolutely. It's not it's not only what you know, it's also who you know. It, it yeah. definitely is the connections, the collaboration. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm interested to know your take on what makes a good leader. What would you say is the key differentiator between a great leader and a poor one? Uh, give us the differentiators here now. Now don't, don't only speak to the great leader. I wanna hear, you know, this is what makes a great leader as opposed to the poor one, right? Like I wanna, I wanna hear the differentiator between the two. <laughs> All right. Um, that takes me back to some of the people that I have worked with. I think I've worked with uh, with great leaders and I think I've worked with poor ones. And uh, I think without a doubt, a poor leader is out of touch. They, mm. they, do not, they do not feel 
their people. They fail to recognize that leadership is a team sport. That, uh, and, I'm, and, and, and by saying this, I'm actually talking about a leader with a position because I have a, I hold a belief that everybody is a leader and they lead through influencing, through creating impact. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. So talking, speaking towards, uh, speaking about leaders who have a position, if they are not in touch, if they do not feel the heartbeat of the team and they make decisions uh, that affect the team negatively and have been a victim and uh, been in a team where that leader is so out of touch, mm. when you bring suggestions to this leader, they do not, they do not listen. They have, a, they have a set way of doing things. They have a, it may look like an open door policy, but it is, it really is closed. Uh, and uh, they, they give the vibe that, uh, that uh, you're not welcome. So they actually lead by fear. Mm. So that's a, that's a poor leader. Yeah. Yeah. So they lead by intimidation. So that for me is a poor leader. Uh, so they're completely out of touch. They, 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 even if sometimes things get done, uh, they're getting done because the people are afraid of uh, the leader or of the repercussions of uh, speaking out or uh, or uh, trying to to do some things a different way, which might actually be more effective or better. So, in my opinion, a leader who leads through intimidation who does not listen to the team, who is not in touch with the team, is a poor leader. Mm. So conversely, a leader who is in touch with the team, and I had uh, the good fortune of experiencing a leader like that. Uh, where we, I worked in this place where we were making many mistakes. In fact, we were writing anonymous emails and copying the bosses. Uh, I'll say we because it is a team. Uh, the company I was working for, people were doing that. So the company brought in an, a change manager. They needed someone to come and check the root cause of the problem and try to uh, change the culture of this place. And I just loved what he did. He came and uh, he made sure that he met all the different teams and listened to them and listened to the good, the bad, and the ugly. He, he wanted to know everything. And then he would take time and spend out of his busy schedule, he wanted you to know that he's a part of it. So he would come even to the lowest of the departments. Some people worked nights and he would come and work night shift with them. And this is the, the leader of the company. Uh, some people drove, uh, drove cars to, to do some deliveries and to do some pickups and he would drive with them and listen to them and walk to, the, to their customers with them. Right. And, he turned the place around and I observed him and I learned a lot from him. Uh, the leadership is really, it's action. It's right. So he, he came, he listened and he got into the thick of things. He was doing what you are doing. So he will not do it every day, but the fact that he comes, you feel uh, like he feels you. And right. he truly made a difference, both in terms of morale, in terms of the numbers, he made a, dif a difference all around. And uh, it became a case study for me because I was still interested in leadership. Mm. And uh, I have used it to, to challenge leaders to get more in touch, to stop 
being so far away uh, to, to build, to reduce the power distance, because when they create a power distance, they, they don't really know what's going on. They feel like they know what's going on, but they do not. Yeah. Mm. So that, that would be my, mm. my take, I, my definition. Yes. I, I love that take on it. And I have to say that I completely agree. Um, someone that's out of touch, um, they're not invested when they try to come up with all the justifications as to the reason why things are the way they are definitely a poor leader 110 percent conversely yes the individual fully invested right they're investing their time their energy their attention um they're not making any excuses as to why they can't actually put forth the effort and energy energy to be invested and get to know their people wholeheartedly agree with your take on on leadership and the key differentiator between great leadership and poor leadership. So I have to say that um, I love to end every um, interview with this question. Um, what if you had two minutes to give the entire world advice? Um, what would you say? Wow, if I had two minutes to give the entire world advice. Yes, what would you say? Wow, wow. I would say, uh, of course, I, I am big um, on, on, um, on collaboration and I love people. So I would say that value people and how you value people is, uh, is by having empathy. Mm. So I, I've been seeing this um, during this, the pandemic, I've been seeing a lot of uh, beautiful quotes. And one of them says that we are all in the same storm. Uh, we may not be in the same boat, but we are all in the same storm. Mm. Others say, others say mm. we are fighting battles that you cannot see. And I've come to learn that. And uh, there's a wonderful book by Chris Voss. I forget, uh, Chris Voss has written a book. Never Split um, the Difference. Yes, I love that book. Never Split the Difference. Yes, he talks about <laughs> tactical empathy. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. So I, I, I would say let us have more empathy because we don't know what someone is going We don't know the, the battles they are fighting. And uh, before we jump into, into any conclusions, it is good to try and, uh, and fit in their shoes. I, I remember reading the, uh, the other day something, another quote about empathy, that before, before we judge somebody, we should put on their shoes and walk a mile. And uh, by the time we want to, to judge them, we will be too far because we have mm. walked in their shoes for one mile. So we kind of feel what they're feeling and mm. we would be very careful to judge them. So I would say if there's a piece of advice that I think is really necessary and uh, in the time that we are living of serious uh, disruption, empathy is a big deal and uh, we need a lot more of empathy. Mm. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Thank you for sharing that take. If you don't mind, Anthony, please share with us um, where my viewers can get in contact with you. All right, your viewers can get in touch with me on LinkedIn. I am Anthony P.W. Ochira. I am very active on LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, I would actually would like, I would actually want to meet, to meet with, uh, with some of them there uh, and see what we can do. Awesome. Thank you for yes. sharing where they can get in contact with you. I'll also be including the link to Anthony's LinkedIn in the show notes. Um, Anthony, thank you for joining me today on Daily Path Podcast. Thank you very much, Joe, for having me. Uh, have a good one. You're welcome. And to my um, viewers, I hope you take something that you learned today and actually implement it in your life, um, implement it in your daily path. I hope you have a blessed day.
Hey, I wanted to jump on here really fast and say thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you got something from the message that you can use in your life. If you are a mission-driven individual who wants to share your message and change lives, then I'd love to show you how building a podcast can help you do that. Please visit joewintersjr.com to book a free discovery call with me so I can help you out. If you are an organization looking to bring me in to speak with your team or at your next event, you can book me by visiting my website, joewintersjr.com and scheduling a free discovery call so we can talk about your expectations and what you want from me. I'd really love to serve you. Have a blessed day.